Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Joshua Fisher, Nikki Snacks, Kreider, and the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up, because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast. We have a special guest today ahead of the season beginning. Two-time Pro Bowler, one of the greatest safeties in the history of UT football. Natty Championship winner and second all-time in block kicks in Division One history. Is that true? Word on the street, according to Wikipedia. That is Wikipedia. I don't know if they, you know, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I've I've been plagiarizing Wikipedia since high school, so I'm riding with it. <laughs> Cupcake connoisseur, and now you can see him on Longhorn, Longhorn Network. We have Michael Griffin joining the boys. Michael, how you doing today, man? Doing good. How about yourself? We are doing great. All right. We were talking a little bit before we hit record and got on air. What are your what are your expectations? We'll start macro heading into the season. We'll start big picture. Obviously, we have Monroe coming up this weekend. And I told you that if we lose this, I'm done with football. Quan, just so you know, I'm done with football. <laughs> if we lose this weekend, I'm getting into cosplay or something like that. <laughs> what are your expectations heading into the year? Macro. I think expectations is, you know, of course, get Bijan going or whatnot. Um, and then trying to find out who your number two and your number three receiver is. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing, getting the reps for the offensive line, being that they did lose a key factor and trying to see, can some of these young guys step it up? Deep inside the ball, that that's still a question mark. I mean, it's the fact of you're very thin, you're very young, uh, your front, your, your your front D linemen are supposed to be your 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 dogs or whatnot. But for me personally, is when I'm watching them and each and every week you're trying to find a guy that's like a Joseph Osai or a Charles Minnehue or something that you know that could generate some type of pressure uh, consistently. Consistently, that's the issue that you don't see. Mm-hmm. And that's the question that you, you look at it is against a team like Louisiana Monroe, do they have the high motor guys that can get after the quarterback? And if you don't, it's going to be a long season for these guys because, you know, the back half, the secondary works hand in hand with the, with the D line. If you can generate pressure, we only got to cover for so long, but we don't have to cover. If we cover for two or three, four seconds. That should allow you enough time to get to the quarterback and get them off the mark. And that's the one thing that you don't see when it comes to this defensive side of the ball. So we all know that the team is pretty much going to go through Bijan. I can see a lot of teams trying to stack the box, rolling coverage over Xavier Worthy. He's no longer, uh, you know, a question mark. He's no longer a, a incoming freshman that, you know, decommitted from Michigan and came to UT. Everybody knows who he is now. So those two guys are going to be the main two guys. And I think they're going to say, hey, Quinn Ewers, we putting the ball in your hands. You got to beat us. And so he's going to have some growing pains, but hopefully he grows quicker than, you know, how long the pain is going to last. So um, that's 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 just pretty much in a nutshell what it's going to be this whole entire season. But going to Louisiana Monroe, you can't look past them and say, hey, let's look at Alabama because we understand no. that you still got issues that you have to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bring up the injury, Junior Angelou on the line. Obviously, our offensive line is big, but young. Isaiah Nair, who was supposed to be the big incoming transfer at the wide receiver and be our number two out for the year. Roshan, who is a guy that we all love on the show, um, out four to six weeks from, I think, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And Q, this is for you too, man. Did you guys ever have to deal with any major injuries going into the season? And if so, how do you guys bounce back from that? In the locker room. I mean, I, 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 for us, I would say um, I'm really trying to. I don't think really had big in, uh, injuries. It was more like uh, off the field issues, like people got in trouble more than anything. <laughs> so, if I really think about it, it was more like uh, you suspended for a game because you, you know, uh, you got different situations going on off the field, but. Mm-hmm. I really don't really think about having any injuries, but 
again, I think we were just so stacked back in the day that, you know, you had guys that were, you know, licking their chops and waiting their opportunity to get on the field. And so um, I think that was the biggest piece. I think for me as a freshman that got me on the field was Dakari Pearson. He tore his labrum mm-hmm. versus Oklahoma and he came out, which made Philip Giger go to the uh, strong safety position, which then allowed me to move to the nickel position. So he ended up uh, being out for the rest of the season, which allowed me to play the remainder of the season at starting nickel. So, Again, that was like an easy transition, but we had a bunch of young guys like myself, Terrell Brown and Aaron Ross that were waiting our turn to play, but we still had starters across the board that were still young when Cedric Griffin was a redshirt sophomore. Um, Michael Huff was a redshirt sophomore. Nathan Vasher was a senior. Uh, Dakari Pearson was a senior. Philip Giger was a redshirt junior. So we, Rufus Alexander, all these guys were still young. Mm-hmm. Matt, so they were still young. So we were still competing for the backup roles. We were competing for the starting role. We were competing for the backup roles. And I think that's the difference now that Sarkis is doing a great job at recruiting, uh, filling those rooms up with a lot of talent. But right now, a lot of those guys are trying to figure out who can play right now instantly because it's, to me, it's wide open. I mean, you got a lot of guys that are returning, but you're, you're a five-win team. And if you're yeah. a five, that pretty much tells us what your resume is. And, again, I look at a guy like Coburn who's – think he's coming back on his sixth year. And if he never – he redshirted one year, he came in as the guy – and then he never progressed and got better. My question is, on year six, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. If five years you've done the same thing, and that's the biggest question for me is, at what point does it click? Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is like, is there guys that's pushing them or is, are the coaches going to be loyal to the older guys that decided to return? Or you're going to play the hot hand and the guy that's, you know, doing the most for the team and gives you the best opportunity to win. So I think there's just a lot of different pieces I think that we're going to see uh, definitely in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up with Coburn because, like you said, he's coming into his sixth year. I mean, what are some factors that could even change your mentality there? I mean, is it is it coaching or is the guys maybe lighting a fire under us that are that are playing below you? I think it's all the above. I think it's that. I think it's the guy next to him. Like like Griff said, it's it's amazing how much easier it is to be a DB when you have a rack pole coming off the edge, when you have a mini view, when you have all these different cats. And so from a Coburn standpoint, the one kind of throw him a bone piece of it is our edge rushers have been so um, not a factor that soft. That you had, I mean, we had 20 sacks last year. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, that you have a guard in the center that can take him on all day long. And you play what, 10, 11, 12 games? You're you're averaging our our leading sacker had two and a half sacks. How that cannot happen at the university of Texas during our times, you consistently had 10. At least one guy had 10, another one had seven, eight, all the above. Our league guy had two. That's a problem. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, Mike, I mean. I know that you're a defensive back, but in terms of a defense, does a, a D line help the secondary more, or does the secondary help the the D line more? Like, what's well, guess, more important? I guess the, the what's more important is, is the foundation, or is it the root? Which one's more important? Exactly. I mean, foundation starts in the trenches, and it's it's nothing like. And just to go back in the history, when you look at a guy like Rod Wright and Marcus Tubbs being mm-hmm. in the start. When you look at guys like uh, Tim Crowder, who's getting his reps, you guys like Brian Robinson, um, just to name Brian Arakpo, who's getting reps, but at the same time is is not starting because you got these good guys that's in front of you. And then, you know, you got a Mike Williams and, you know, Derek Johnson and the, the list just Aaron Harris, the list just continue to go on. So you got all these guys, these dogs in front of you and everybody's just out there hunting. It's, yeah. it's, it makes it that much easier when you're in the secondary. I mean, I, I had this debate the other night and, you know, we was talking about losing the term great or good or whatever too loosely. And I said, 
okay, they will, they're like the numbers. I'm like, well, if we go by the numbers, right? I'm like, Cole McCoy and Vince Young, we can just be honest, who's better? If you go by the numbers, Colt McCoy, the all-time winning his quarterback, but Colt mm-hmm. McCoy, four years. Vince Young played two and a half because he split time with Chance Marcus first year. Mm-hmm. But if you go by what they did for the program, if you know, go back and you're thinking, if I'm my history, sir, you may have to go back and look, but my understanding is back in the day to win a national title, it was votes. But Vince had to play in a national title game to win it against other Heisman Trophy winners. And then I'm like, if you look at the numbers, Aaron Ross, myself, Michael Huff, Cedric Griffin, you're like, who had a better career? You look at numbers, you want to go by tackles, it'd be myself, and touchdowns, Huff, interceptions. I had eight kicks, you. (laughs) But go through all these different scenarios by numbers, but then you ask yourself, with everybody playing in the same secondary, Michael Huff won the Thorpe Award. With all this talent around him, he still solidified himself as the best defensive back in the country. But you played with three first-rounders, including yourself, and another second-rounder, and Terrell Brown should have been another first, second-rounder. So you solidify yourself, like we was talking about, my man, for the um, when we were talking about Jared Judy and everybody else. But they'll come out as the Heisman Trophy winner, but you're playing with all these other first-rounders. That's when you're saying, like, hey, that player is that good. He solidified himself as the best player. But when you're, you're the, you know, you're a good player, but you're like, what's the comparison? What is he out there competing with? And that's where I'm like, when you look at this Texas team, don't get me wrong, they can be players that they mentally say, hey, I want to be the best that I can. But again, when you're watching it, you're just trying to figure out who wants it more. Who's hungry? Who just wants to sell out? And a prime example of somebody who did that was Joseph Osai. Yeah. It was like a guy to each and every play. He sold himself out. DeMarvion Overshone, unfortunately, he gets banged up towards the end of the season. But he's a guy when you watch him play, he just sells himself out. Mm-hmm. But you're looking for those type of guys. Can I get five? Can I get six? Can I get seven? Seven of those guys on defense, you have a Badass defense. Yeah, I mean they just got- won the they just won the championship on that. They had seven guys. I mean, they're who is their quarterback? You know, where everyone's making a big stink on the. Oh, look, don't get to be twisted. Like having Quinn in the building is awesome. Getting Arch potential, you know, is going to be great. We have to see these guys play, of course. But Georgia just won the national championship. They beat the Heisman winner on defense. And how how many guys go go in the first round? And we will go in the first round this upcoming year. Oh, anywhere in the first round, not to mention you can count the kid from Florida State that one got drafted by um, the Jets. He 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 transferred because he couldn't get on the field <laughs> and end up being the first rounder. Like that's the talent that you have, and so when you look, and it's just again, it was just guys that were just hungry. I mean, yeah. Georgia was game the entire game but they was just hung the entire time no different than we won a national title it was like we're losing defense just make a stop mm-hmm. just give Vince one more opportunity mm-hmm. and that's when you see a team that plays together it's not about individuals yes Vince got all the glory and everything else but I guarantee if you're a college coach or NFL coach and scouts you're trying to figure out why is that team winning when you got a Heisman Trophy, but hold on, why is that team winning? Yeah. And you're going to look that throughout the roster, you're going to say, oh, okay, good, great, good, great, potential. You're going to look through that entire team. 100%. Here, you start seeing that, hey, you keep getting every – I tell you all the time, I had this conversation again Friday. I was like, you want to know why I played the way I played? And they said, why? I said, because I knew people were coming to turn the film on and watch number seven. When they turned the film on, I wanted them to say, who is number 27? That's why I play. I was like, when I get on the field, just get to the ball. If he's by the ball, I need to be by the ball. I got a power jump, whatever it is. And that was my mindset. Just stay around the ball because when they're watching him, I want them to say, hey, listen, who is that guy? Mm -hmm. I think that's where, yeah, I know the, 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 the NIL deals and all the other stuff is great, whatever. But listen, you know people coming to watch yours play. But while they're coming to watch yours play, I will be out there each and every day. Hey, yours, 
gonna throw the balls more. <laughs> right. I promise you, that's how I roll. But that's also, yeah. yeah, that's just a different mindset. I, I laugh because, and I, I remember talking very early to Sark, and he was like, you know, what do you think, Q? I said, you'll look out there, they have the measurables, but if you can get between their ears, you're going to have a pretty damn good squad. And that's what it is. That mindset is why you had the success you did and why the teams we had had the success we did. And so, and the realness of the, the numbers debate, that's a media thing too. All they do is look at numbers. Oh, but his numbers is this. They have the best numbers. They're the best team of all time because of the numbers. Man, we were a total different offense. I, it was a total different offense what I had with Vince and what I had with Colt. I, got a, I get the question all the time, who is your favorite quarterback? And I'm like, that's weird. Well, I caught 200 more balls from Colt, but shit, what we did with Vince is what it's about. You know, we want a natty. Like, that's a weird. Exactly. It's that's <laughs> It, you're comparing apples and oranges because you say yeah. who's better. It's like, who do you build a team around? It's like, well, maybe I could do less with Vince because I know what he's capable of doing. And I tell you all the time, you can look at Vince, you can look at Roy Williams and look at his numbers when he had Chris Sims and when he had Vince. It was different. Yeah. The offense changed. Yeah. When we went to Vince started – we went from being under the center every play to now we in shotgun. Mm -hmm. We went to Selvin and Cedric Benson. Cedric was used to having a fullback in front of him. As soon as he was gone, Vince went straight back to shotgun and was like, here we go. Hey, Jamal, Ramon Taylor, Selvin, Jamal Taylor, Charles, yeah. Henry Melton, everybody. But <laughs> three game, we had a three running back rotation. Everybody gets some. And we go, Vince. Look at the DN or the outside linebacker. He come to you, let it go. If he don't come, keep it. Hey, you, run an over route, whatever. It was a different <laughs> offense. It was a different offense, yeah. If you want to look at the numbers, too, you could even just see it's a different offense. Cedric, Cedric Benson is like, what, he had 1,900 yards almost? And then he's gone, he's gone, and then no other running back has over 1,000. Vince yeah. has 1,000, but no other running back has over 1,000. You want to look at the numbers. Vince rushed for 200 and threw for 200. Insane. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's the recruiting game too. Though I mean we've lost the luster of recruiting, and I actually wanted to ask you. I mean you're I an like Austin guy. You went you went to Bowie, and we're losing out on Austin products, right? Guys from Lake Travis go to Ohio State, Westlake go to Clemson. Like like we need to take back Austin if we want to win some of that recruiting. Well, the, the 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 thing is, is that, and I hate when people say this is Texas because I ask them, what does that mean? Right. Like, what does it mean? What meaning does it have? And it, it's, it's one of those things that you live in the past or whatever it may be. But I think the biggest thing is you start winning, everything comes along with it. When you win, everybody wants to come. Everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. That's just how it goes. But when you're losing, you want to go to Clemson? Why? They win it. When they go out, why? They win it. You want to go to Alabama? Why? They win it. Yeah. I mean, if you're a wide receiver, why would you not go to Ohio State? They, why? Why? How many guys they just sent in the first round? And they, that wasn't even the best guy on the team. The best receiver on the team wasn't even like, look, Garrett Wilson's an Austin kid, but like he just was the 10th overall pick. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But winning, it's not a question. So what how do we how do we change? Because we have look, we have we've gotten I how mean, many top 10 recruits? Yeah. How do you <laughs> yeah, but like what's the what's the dip? What's if you're what's the secret sauce? Is Gary Patterson gonna be the guy to help it? How much effect is he gonna have, in your opinion, defensive guy? Is he going to be the one that changes? Changes what though? You gotta have the mind. You 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 gotta be willing to say like, listen, like I, I was one hundred and eighty three pounds my last game in college, one hundred and eighty three pounds. But you wouldn't know because I didn't care. You yeah. like listen, everything I do is for my team. Yeah, I laugh. Same thing. I, I I laugh. How many people I still meet today? They're like. Damn, I thought you were bigger than that. Good. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> you played bigger than that. Appreciate that. I, mean, I, I went to lunch with you, Q, and I was like, I, we're like this, I'm almost the same height as you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I and I was the one. And I was the one eighty. I was one eighty three. My senior, a different one eighty three <laughs> than you were. Though, that's for damn sure. Like literally, when we went to go play USC, when we went to go play Michigan, if y'all would have looked over there and looked at us. Y'all have been like, ain't no way in hell we about to win that game. 
Yeah. Literally, it, it, ain't no way, it ain't gonna, it's no way they can win that game. It's just no way. We were a whole defensive back. We were little. Our linebackers was like 202, 205. Our D line was big, but everybody in the back half was little. Like, How many we, guys on, on that roster went to the pros? On our, on dude, all of them. So many. Dude. All, everybody all but A Ross. I mean, not A Ross, A, a-, Ross? a- Harris. Everybody but A, a- Harris and maybe Killer Brew. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. The whole roster, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it just, you cut on the fence. I promise you, I went to my first NFL meeting and I walked in and they said, wait a minute. What, where's, why are you so little? <laughs> like, you look bigger. Like, now it's just a shoulder pad. You used to put big shoulders <laughs> on, but small thigh pad. It was different. But literally, it did not matter. And I laughed because I spoke to recruiters right now in Texas. I was like, Y'all wouldn't recruit me, would y'all? They was like, nah, you was too little. I said, but see, the way that you look at it, you got to just go find football players. You got to find football players. That's it in a nutshell. When Texas is good, they have Texas football players. Just football players. Like, you can go out to a game and watch a high school game and be like, oh, he could play. Ooh, why are they recruiting him? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. It's oh, not rocket science. Well, if he's, you're looking for it in any sport, if you're looking for a guy that can play the game in any sport and not just size and athleticism, you'll find a guy. I mean, we were at the not even football related. We were at the summer league. Remember, Nick, we were at Vegas summer league. Jaden Hardy, a second round pick came out for the Mavs. And you knew right then and there he was going to be good because you could see a guy play. If you watch a guy play, it's not if you're looking for that, not looking for his size, you'll be able to find it. Because naturally you go and you, you want to look at the eyeball test. You look around and you're like, oh, okay, look, oh, let me go check them out. They look, I promise you, I want Maynard got Maynard right now. Maynard High School has like 11 D1 prospects. When I tell you, they legit look like D1 prospects. Yeah. Bowie High School has, I don't think they have anybody that's like a D1 prospect. <laughs> but when Maynard barely, beat them in a scrimmage and it was all because oh y'all are very well coached these dudes out here just like i did not see just a football player i just saw yeah. everybody out there that just passed the eyeball test yep the yeah. kid the main running back is committed to usc and i'm trying to find out like why he has the look don't get me wrong but i'm watching him and i'm trying to see what like I'm comparing him to what I've seen in the past, even myself playing running back in high school. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out what it is that he does that just I'm just trying to see it. And I couldn't see it. Yeah. Game and, has changed for sure. Like, but the look, oh my God, he looked phenomenal. Like if you just give him a scholarship on what he looks like, now maybe I'm wrong when the season gets going or whatever. But they hyped the court. There was two quarterbacks out there. They got hyped up, and I'm trying to just see it, and I could not see it. Mm-hmm. They've been like that for a while. I played against them in high school. They had like ten D1 prospects, and we had one, and we beat the brakes off them. And I and again, I'm just trying to see what it is, and it's like I I, I think it also. I know what a certain portion of what it is, and it's where I think we fell into when we left. I think UT fell into this a little bit, paying way too much damn attention to these sites. Nah, yes. man, you got to go find the yep. dudes. You have to show up, watch the film, watch the game, and see that football player out there versus these lists that come out every year and trusting them. See, the, the thing I do when I watch film, right, this is something I do, especially LHA, what I do. The reason why you ask me, do I go to practice? I don't go to practice. Why I don't yeah. go to practice? Because I know how good the defense is. So if you're a receiver, you out there looking great. <laughs> if, right. you're, if you're the D-line and you're getting sacks on the quarterback, that's not telling me nothing. <laughs> yeah. So now when I go back and I watch the film and I watch you against other teams, now I can get an idea of what you are. Exactly. And if I'm watching, you know, you versus Arkansas, and I watch, okay, this team is supposed to be really good. Let me see what you do against this team. Now let me watch you against the bad team. 
if you look like an all-star versus a bad team, but then when you make you meet your match and you don't know how to like, okay, we even out. Let's see how this is going to go out. You got a bunch of dogs and we're going to fight to the end. Right. Then that's what I watch. Casey Thompson, great quarterback. But I always, to me, and I'm just saying this, it was almost one of those things that when things were going good, he was good. But then when things got bad, the thumb always came back up. <laughs> and I was like, at what point do we stop worrying about the thumb? Either just, if, you're, if you're too hurt to play, don't play then at that point. My point because the that, thumb was fine in the first half. <laughs> I mean, he threw for 300 yards versus OU, then the thumb hurts. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. You want to talk about the thumb all season? Right. And so that's what I look at is like little things like that. People don't even know. Terrell Brown played with a broke toe corner for an entire season. Ugh. And he started a yeah. broke toe. That's crazy. But no one said it. it wasn't nothing that we said. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to philosophy and culture these days, and we need to take yeah. back that culture. And that's why, you know, we, we bring up Gary Patterson because maybe he brings in his philosophy that he's had for the last 20 years at TCU. I mean, there's an aspect there, right? But I think there's an aspect, but then the question is, do you go back and recruit the type of players he was recruiting, or do you still go out there one number two player? Because we all know Gary Patterson never had number one, number two type of players across the board. No. Right. And not only that, actually negative recruited against that when it came to Texas. And I tell you, Iowa State did the same thing. And this is where I give it to Coach Campbell. That slogan was huge. Five-star culture versus five-star players. That's the big difference. Oh, yeah. We were getting the five-stars recruiting-wise, although we did kind of lose one of Herman's classes. But we've been getting these names. Dude, back in our day, Colt McCoy, speaking to him, winning his college quarterback, was a two-way dude. J. Mike, 3A dude. We were getting 2A to 5A dogs and football players. I honestly, I cannot name maybe two, three, I would say three players out of everybody we played with. Three, maybe four. Four, possibly, were top of, like, the class that were, like, what they were. And then you had guys that were, like, right here like michael huff i think he only had like two scholarship offers yeah it's crazy isn't it? uh Thorpe winner can't believe that uh Terrell i mean Brown. yeah Terrell. we had, we talked about all the time we had baylor and oklahoma state in the, the big 12 last not ou not us and we out recruit them every year it's development that's so all it is it goes back to numbers and it goes back on a piece of paper it is what it is but, I mean, let's just be honest. I'm just, let's just be honest. When you look at the Oklahoma State, their players, the way they're built and the way they look, to me, they look more impressive. Oh, yeah. They always – they look the part every single year. They look more athletic. They look like the way they play. Mm -hmm. TCU look like the way – like they athletes. They look the part. We got the big dudes. We got the big names, but it's like, okay. We don't have the Turpins, and we see what Turpins doing in preseason in the league. That dude is 140 soaking wet, but he's a dog. Absolute I mean, you, dog. I, hypothetically speaking, you look at Deuce Vaughn. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't tell me he passed the eyeball test. No, no way. No. no. He's Darren Sproles 2.0. But on the field, though. On the field, he's shaking and begging, and he getting in the end zone. He a ball player. He's single-handed taking on teams, and he the littlest guy I've done. Yeah. And it's that's dad, what we need. That's what I'm saying. All this looking at numbers and stuff, looking at this, this screw that. It's not about that anymore. I mean, you look at fans football drafts right now. Austin Eckler is going in the top three, and he's 5'6", five, 5'7", five, maybe on a good day. He, he, he exact. I mean, he's a guy that came out of nowhere, and you're like, nobody, exactly. know, nobody know what school he went to. 
somewhere in Colorado. Uh, I don't know which one North, it is. North Colorado. I mean, we know we know Austin. <laughs> we saw him at the Super Bowl. He's undrafted though. Undrafted. He's going top, the Super top, Bowl. Yeah. top three right now in fans football drafts. Yeah. Crazy. Uh are there guys though, like I mean, you brought up Overshawn. You brought up Osai. Osai is a guy we brought up last show. And quite frankly, if Osai had the talent around him, he probably would have been a first round pick himself because he was that skilled and he would have been amplified a little bit. I think he was still he he was skilled, but he was still raw. Yeah, he was also, still. They, they weren't sure about the position, honestly. Yeah, exactly. He kind of stood up, and then they played him at linebacker and all kinds of stuff. So it was all of that he, factored in. He was very raw. He was a raw, raw talented player. But he was a guy that hey, if I want to get to the quarterback, I'm gonna get there. Don't yes, know sir. how, I'm gonna get there. Which again, that's time. it in a nutshell. It's like they didn't even really know. No. Herman couldn't even tell you what position Osai was most of the time. But what everybody knew is Osai was making a lot of plays every single game to the point of just being that dog and wanting at that level. That's mm-hmm. that's the weird piece about it. And that the combination of that and the depth, because I laugh and I would, we would play Oklahoma and even Jackson. A lot of these cats, second round, third round dudes talking that crap. Oh, no, man, it's going down. I said, no, nah, man, I'm. I literally said this in the game. I said, man, I look forward to game day. I'm facing you. You know who I've been playing practicing against all week? <laughs> you yeah. see, you see our DBs over there, all first rounders. I said, like, this is fun. I, I I'm not even a little bit worried about you. And I think that's some of that development, recruiting, culture stuff that Sark is not gonna. Not that we're saying they're gonna do terrible because the Big 12 is suspect as it is this year, but Sark don't necessarily have that luxury right now going into year two Mm-mm. of competing at the highest level. You saw him at Bama. Y'all were talking about it earlier, and we talked about it earlier. Devontae Smith, he had Waddle. He had these he had dudes across the way. You had two first-round QBs, first-round yeah. offensive line. I mean, they, oh. I, but you, they still like – I mean, the, just, the, just what the numbers are saying, they're, I think we're top eight like percent likelihood to make the playoff, which is crazy. What, 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 say that one more time. They're like, I think there, there's like, they just put it out on ESPN. The top percent likelihood to make the playoffs. Best chances know, to make. Yeah. Best chances. Ohio state. And somebody gave Texas a first of a, a, a rank one vote too. <laughs> I still want to know that. I don't care. I just want to know. It might, it might be Josh over here drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, no, I, I okay, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm done drinking the Kool-Aid. And apparently, I'm like, put a sippy cup away. I think. <laughs> you think it was who? I think it was Saban. I do too. You think so? Oh, yeah, I, I think I think Saban I, has that level of petty. In pick a team in my, I'm not gonna pick a team in the SEC. I'm just gonna just throw in that. Let me be funny. Yeah. It's that, going is, to- that is funny. Yeah, it's probably saving. <laughs> he's the only person I think that would do so. Because I, I agree. He, he's like the Bill Belichick of college football. Like, do what you want to do. Yeah. I can do, they do what I want to do. It doesn't matter. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, I think he picked him for that reason. He is playing us this year. They did. He, Sark did take four of his. Co- There's a million reasons why I think he would do that for funny. The only other one I would think would be Jimbo, but Jimbo wouldn't because if AM heard about it, even though it means nothing, they cry for years. Yeah. I, I think saving don't give two, you know what's, and, and I, I, I agree. And he got, and he got a, uh, a raise. Yeah, it was saving. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the highest paid again. Oh. Jimbo, Jimbo probably thinks if we get one first place vote, then we're gonna they're gonna lose recruits to us. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Saban's yeah. not worried about that. Nah, Saban he's, he's more worried about that NIL money on top of the table than it is about anything else. He's just gonna go win him another one. Right. That's true. But I, I think Saban is a little is slightly nervous about text that game. I think he's slightly nervous. Well, you yeah. have to be a little I mean, I'm nervous. nervous. <laughs> well, no, like, shouldn't, but shouldn't you be though? I'm like, actually look, not because I don't have any expectations. <laughs> well, exactly, but exactly. That's the point though. There's nothing to lose. The reason why I think, because the question is, do you come in as, as, as Alabama, do you come in this game so hyped and like you just, you just do too much that yeah. ends biting you in the tail? Yeah. I well, say that because. We can go back to the LSU game, mm-hmm. and that was LSU toughest game all season. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. all of the fact that like 
one, they couldn't stop. They couldn't – Devin Doom, they had a hell of a game, but they couldn't stop the slot. Right. And you – their DBs, they had so many first-rounders on that team. But they just could not figure it out. It was something that they just could not figure out. And I think they were just so caught up in the DBU and all this extra crazy stuff that was going on around it that they just – it, it, it spooked them. And I think yeah. from there it made them a better team because I think they went into the game like, who are we playing then? A receiver? They, I, I think they had little to no expectations for Texas to come out as a dogfight. Now, the difference was Arkansas came into the game last year ready to slap Texas in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> that was insane. And, and that was different because I even told them, I don't think y'all understand the rivalry that Texas. They had no idea what they were going to. Good, what was going into that game. Well, and bigger than that, no idea what they were going to. And also, they they don't really have that dog mentality. I I really feel like they did not feel me on the road. That they was going into a hostile environment. And I don't think this Texas team ever. And I even, even go back to. I don't even think Sark even felt that type of because I don't think he, he didn't know. Right. You you have a team. You had Casey Thompson, who's from you know Oklahoma. He don't know what goes on in that game. <laughs> you, Xavier Worthy, Bijan, they don't know nothing about the Texas and Arkansas history. Right. Yeah. And they go into this game not knowing like oh they like they got a rude awakening when they see the Texas versus A and M in the future. They don't understand what yeah. that really was like because they never, you got to think as recruits, we used to come back and watch it and see how it was. And every day on Thanksgiving, 11 o'clock game, you eating your, you eating your food and you in high school, you watching that game. And I don't think they quite understood. I think the OU in Texas, I don't think it'll ever get back to when it was Mac Brown versus Stoops. That was like a crazy era. Right. That was crazy. I think now with the whole, you know, I think, I think what's the name? Lincoln and Lincoln Rogers got tired of facing new coaches every year. Like he just got old to him. Like, it wasn't the same. But when they go back to Planet Arkansas, whatever, I don't think the coaches are going to understand it. And I definitely, the players are not going to understand it because a lot of them, ne- they didn't grow up watching it. Yeah. And what happens, the fans are going to be so much into it, they ain't going to know what to do. Right. That game was over before it started. That As game it, was. Yeah, it was ridiculous. As it stands right now, um, whether you look at one sports book or the other, we're a 16 to 17 point underdog in this game. I mean, Bama wants to beat the brakes off us. They want to blow us up by 30 points. There are probably are going to be guys out there that just want to do too much, that want to take control and be the guy who destroys Texas. But I don't know. This is definitely it could be a trap game. The the thing is, the thing is, it's 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 we all know Alabama's quarterback last year didn't play as good as they thought he was going to be off the rip. He's a good quarterback, but he didn't play the way that they thought. He, he still won the Heisman. He still won the Heisman, but he didn't play. There was games in there where they was questioning whether he lost the Heisman or not. Yeah, there yeah. was. There was like two or three he games. He was suspect. There. It was suspect. There was some Championship games. game, the most important game of the year. And he he did not look. He 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 looked just like the ones before. You know, they all look alike, but he, <laughs> he didn't play like them dudes played. But not to mention the running back position, the receiver position. All those positions are not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think where Saban is getting with Alabama and a lot of these others. And plus, you know how this NIL thing is working. A lot of players are not going to a school they would normally go to. They're going to the school that's going to pay them the most money. So with all this going on, I don't know if Alabama is still the team that they used to be. And being the fact of now it's kind of a question mark on are they as good as what they were? And if they're not, can Texas somehow, some way, 
And I have, to me, the key factor in that game is going to have to be Jordan Whittington. Like, by all calls, they're going to have to make sure he gets through this Louisiana Monroe game, but he's going to have the key factor in that game. He has to be. At that slot position, he's going to have to be the Devin DuVernay, the guy that can take the hits, take the pounding, deliver them. He's going to have to be the guy. Yeah. has to be the guy. I mean, you know they're gonna they're gonna keep X, they're gonna keep Bijan, they're gonna keep Billingsley because that's their transfer and they want to blow his top off. Whittington's gotta be that guy. Whittington yeah. has to he has to. Yeah. And, I mean, and that and, and to me, I think it's just gonna be a high scoring game. I really do. It, yeah. I mean that's that could I mean that could loan our in our favor clearly. I mean their defense is they're number one because of their defense. Obviously, they have Bryce Young, but they're number one because they have Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, yeah. and then D line. And then, I mean, honestly, it sounds like we have a first time caller, long time listener, because we've been Winnington's number one fan club. Just a, it's been like a health thing though. For like, I mean, all that he's been the thing trying is, to be his number one fan. Club. I know, dude. I'm trying to like in the stands. The I know, but like, like when he went down, like our team started to crumble last year. He was like one of the biggest losses. He the was. Off- he was. He was like. Because, again, everybody was young. He probably had the most playing time out of everybody, if you really think about it. Yes, sure. sprinkled in here and there, but every year he gets banged up here and there. And you just saw, first the Arkansas game, he was doing some great things, some great catches or whatever. He got knocked down. But when he was in the game, he his presence is felt. And he's going to have to be the guy that some – and Sark uh, said this earlier this year or over the spring that – um. He's done all the right things that he's starting to take the game very seriously. His mindset is different or whatever. So um, hopefully that everything holds true and he's just able to stay healthy. But again, he's going to have to be a key factor. Nair would have been a great, great factor in this game. Stretch the field, get long. Definitely. But again, you're going to have to find somebody. I mean, it's just going to have to be a point where you're going to have to find enough playmakers. It's going to have to yeah. be enough. And you're going to have a lot of young guys step up that don't have a lot of playing time. And to the point of Whittington, he hasn't had a big sample size to show NFL recru- or recruiters that he can play. So he, he's got to prove it this year. Big oh, time. he had a ball out. It's, it's a contract here for him. Jatavion Sanders, too. I think he's going to yeah. be a factor. I mean, Even with during, during that it, Bama game, I think, are going to be key. As it, who has that dog mentality, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I would probably go with Jatavion uh, Sanders. The fact that, you know, he's played defense and the guy that stuck it out on the aspect that he wanted to be a tight end. And mm-hmm. you watch him in the spring game, catch the ball, deliver hits, he's going to bring it. So, again, if they can somehow, some way, just figure it out, and, and, and I think if you jump on Alabama quick, that would be the biggest thing. If you let them get up early, oh, it's, it's going get, get to get ugly quick. Yeah, yeah, but also if we get up early, we can't let up because I could totally see Texas jumping out to a 14 nothing lead and being like, well, oh, we're pretty we, damn good. Well, we've seen that movie, though. So hopefully they, they've made it. I hate that movie. And so hopefully they made the changes <laughs> that, that they needed to make. It's the Hit worst them movie. with it, Josh. Yeah, all right. Mike G, we ask everybody this, man. Every Longhorn that comes through, could be you playing, just you and Austin, anything. But what's your favorite memory as a Longhorn? Favorite memory as a Longhorn, on the field, off the field, you name it. Just favorite memory. Could be a could be a hilarious story involving Q. Anything, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, favorite memory as a Longhorn. <laughs> It might have been. Q, was you there when we played Colorado and uh, Cedric Griffin and Vince Young got into, like, the fight right before we walked out to go beat the crap out of Colorado? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It was all because of Michael Huff? No, that may have been the year before then because I remember uh, that. Uh, quick story. <laughs> We're in the locker room. Vince is getting changed. We're, like, Colorado's visiting locker room is the smallest locker room ever. So uh, Vince is getting changed. Our lockers is like, we're all like in this little, it's like you're like literally trying to like, okay, you put your pads on, I put my pad. You can't do it at the same time. Yeah. So Huff keeps tapping Vince 
and then to turn around instead of just be standing there looking like this. <laughs> and then to turn around, like start putting stuff on again, huff and tap them again. Meant to turn around, like, hey man, stop playing around. Instead, he's not saying nothing, he's just staring at him. <laughs> so he turns back around, huff, taps him again, turns back around. Vince was like, do it again, I'm gonna whoop your ass. Says, like, all right, cool. <laughs> he turns back around, huff, taps him again. <laughs> he turns around, they start fighting. <laughs> Mac Brown blows the whistle, Mad Dog blows the whistle, let's go. We go right out like nothing ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> out of Colorado. And then come right back in the locker room. Like, I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> no, you know like, what? I wasn't on that one. Dude, that might have been the funniest thing ever because we had so much stuff that used to happen in the storm. Yeah. But you knew we kept it all in the house with the team and it was all fun. Yeah. It might not be. And it was like, once it happened, it was done. Like, yep. it wasn't no animosity. It wasn't going to keep going. It wasn't something that you was going to, like, laugh. There's no grudges about it, really. You just got to got it going and moved on. It's like you hanging out with your brothers and you and your brothers getting a little altercation and y'all fight. But it's like, I'm going to fight you, but I'm not going to fight you to hurt you. Yeah. That's all it was. Like, we're going to fight, but I, I'm just going to really show you, like, I'm stronger than you, and then we're done. <laughs> that. That's how the team used to be. But it really was. I think another one might have been. Um, I think the funniest thing, you remember this when Marcus Myers played fullback and I used to let him <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. What did he say that one day in practice? Just stop hitting me. <laughs> Y'all don't know Marcus Miles is a fullback. Marcus was from the Austin area too, wasn't he? Yeah, he started out as a linebacker. Then he went over to fullback. And they used to run this play, play action pass. Fullback go to the flat. I had a man-to-man, but I would always act like I wasn't watching him. Like I just bit on the play action and started running out. But the quarterback always checked down to him. <laughs> as soon as he turned around. And that practice was like live practice. I would just lift him up off his feet. And, <laughs> and we would be in our meeting room watching the play every day and laughing. <laughs> Why doing this to him? I said, I'm waiting for him to try to run me over, and he would never do it. Nope. But, but he, was, he, was in, and he was in tears, man, that day. <laughs> oh, he was mad. He told me. To and the next day of practice, I let him catch it again, and I did it again. <laughs> Jesus. That's yeah. not a linebacker mentality. Uh, that's why you went to fullback. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a fullback mentality. <laughs> that's, a, that's a water boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no comment. Mike, yeah. Mike, thank you. Right after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us, man. We'll keep an eye out for your Longhorn Network, man. It was great hey, having you, brother. Go get some cupcakes. Yes. Hey. PG's Cupcakes off of 620 and 71, B-Cage, and uh, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Okay. <laughs> hey, well, I'll stop. Yeah, what else you got going Rick, on? You, you got the cupcakes, anything else people need to support? Take care. Uh, Brian Arakpo and Brian Henson, we just shot a uh, reality TV show. It will be on Roku. Um, they're trying to stream a platform like uh, Netflix. It should come out the first quarter of 2023. Nice. Got our like quote unquote acting slash real life situations, family. Yeah. And um, by the way, got oh, Quan, daughter's playing football. Made what? 18. Nice. Made She's 18. a beast in soccer, by the way. You're talking your oldest daughter, right? Yeah. Mid, yeah. Um, at 18. Yeah. She's 12 years old, 5'7, 141. Out there running back. 5'7. Damn, Austin Eckler out there. <laughs> yeah, out there, but it's just funny. They, I went to watch. They did like you know, Oklahoma drill type thing, and she do like I do. She just like, come on, get ready to wrap up, and then she just run through them. I'm like, get <laughs> like that. Exciting. First games next week. So that's real. Yeah, out there being the tell her good luck, man, and eat them boys up. Jesus, yeah.
Then go, stuff, get some cup, go get some cupcakes and I'll stop drinking the Kool-Aid if you send us some cupcakes for sure, man. We'll- make make them earn it. This thing, make them earn your drinking. Don't make it yourself. Make them it's, make it if, and then you sip on it. If everything goes well, I'll buy you some more. I'll buy you some more Kool-Aid. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank Kool-Aid you. flavored cupcakes. I'll have, I'll have Keith send my address. <laughs> All right. Horns fans, Michael Griffin joining us. The Quan Cosby. I'm Joshua Fisher. And that was Nikki Snacks Crider. Hook them horns. Let's go get that W this weekend. Yes, sir. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code BELIEVE and get 50% off your first deposit. So whatever your first deposit is at betonline.ag, and you could bet on anything. Futures for MLB. NBA playoffs is right around the corner. Actually, it's here. It's upon us. Playing games start tonight. So go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get 50% off your first deposit. Thanks for joining us. We outcha. We love you. Fans out there, drag both feet about swinging a full count. Rip that puck at that putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws because they are free. Hook them. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.